I mean, nobody took it for granted, right? Nobody, nobody, nobody could have conceivably gone into that face-off in that setting and thought it was a gimme. Good morning to you. Oh, good, <laughs> good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins, and it does, in fact, come your way bright and early every weekday, whether you want it to or not. If you're into f- football and or baseball, I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll check out. Blackhawks 5, Penguins 2, believe it, even if you believed it beforehand. There's just no getting around that this roster was, and I'm going to start referring to this team in the past tense, richly flawed. And I mean richly because a big portion of it, the part that was the most flawed, was also the part that was the most grossly overpaid. That, of course, being the bottom six forwards that Ron Hextall had absolutely no clue in collecting. And I I, I don't want to be a broken record here. And I further don't want to have the impression come across that everything is one person's fault. That never happens in team sports. Almost never. Almost never. You fumble on the one-yard line in football, it was your fault. Give up a shot from center ice, it was your fault. Serve up a gopher ball in extra innings, it was your fault. But when you're talking about team sports and you're talking about something that's gone wrong for a franchise over a sustained period, and I'm referring specifically here to Hextall's tenure, not the first-round failures. There's other stuff that went into the playoff losses before he came along. I look at the moves that he's made. I look at the lack of sense for what's needed on a team. I look at I look at Jared McCann scoring his 40th goal last night. You know, he scored his 40th goal last night. Brandon Tanev's got 16 goals, 19 assists out there. If you protect those two players in the expansion draft and you let Ron Francis pick between Teddy Bluger or Jeff Carter, you know, you know, but that's that's what happened. That's what you saw on display last night. It wasn't about effort. It wasn't about inconsistency. It wasn't about an inability to defend. It wasn't about taking an opponent lightly. That's going to be the lazy conclusion that a lot of people who, you know, frankly don't understand hockey will reach. That's what a lot of people are going to be talking about today. How do they always lose to these lousy teams and whatever else? That's not what happened. That's not what happened. I'm going to tell you what actually happened, but I'm going to do it within the prism of what should have happened. Because if the Penguins have the roster constitution slash chemistry that they've needed all along this season, meaning that they were always going to get enough goals from their top six, especially if Sid and Gino stayed healthy, and they're both at 81 games right now, and the top six wingers, all four of them, 
have 20 goals or more. Even Brian Rust, who hasn't had a great year, they've all got 20 goals or more. You were always going to get the offense you needed from those guys. What you needed on your third and fourth lines were guts and grits, guys. I, I, I need to find the term for it right now. You needed guys that were going to make a difference physically, defensively. And instead, you, you got, you know, this. You got this. So the way it works is when you get into a one-and-done or you get into a playoff series, and this obviously qualified as the former, what you needed to do against an opponent that had just played the previous night in Chicago was to go out there in the first period and just batter them senseless. You know, those of you who go way back with the Penguins will recall that when the Penguins would face the Bruins, the Bruins of Ray Bork, Cam Neely, and so forth, that it was guys like Bob Airy and Troy Loney and Phil Bork who went in there and pounded these guys. They didn't even care if they took penalties early on in a series or in a game. They wanted to wear them down. They understood that over the course of a series or even within a game that you could wear somebody down and then let your big boys, let your scorers do the rest. Let's say that Mike Sullivan came up with this idea, I don't know, yesterday morning and said, you know what, Hawks are going to be really tired. They're coming in. They, their plane arrived at Pittsburgh International at 3 a.m. They're missing a bunch of guys. They've got no goaltender with even a 900 save percentage. We're just going to pound them. Who are you going to send out to do that? Mikhail Granlund? Who are you going to send? The roster was put together by someone who, someone who, I, I, okay, look, the meanest thing I can say here is someone who looked at Granlund, maybe, presumably, before the acquisition of Granlund, and said to himself, that looks like someone who put up 72 points last year for Nashville. That looks like someone I'm ready to commit a second-round pick to, and not one, not two, but three years at a $5 million cap hit, and he's already over 30. I'm ready to do that. Sight unseen? I don't know. You tell me how he can look, how Hextall can look at Grandland and say, that's the guy that's going to make the difference. Last night was Grandland's 20th game. In a Pittsburgh sweater. He scored one goal. That goal was the fifth and final goal of a 5-1 to one win over the Flyers. Big stuff there. You go right ahead and point the fingers in any direction you please. That's your right. You can point it at the head coach and you can come up with good cogent arguments. You can point even at the locker room leadership for allowing Detroit to happen a few days ago. And I'm not talking about the win. I'm talking about the game before that. You can look at uh, just the players in the room and how many times that sort of thing occurred over the course of six months. You can look at Todd Reardon as the power play guy. You can look at Brian Burke if you can figure out what he's responsible for. You can look at Fenway Sports Group for being an absentee ownership. You can do all of that, but you're not going to find anyone higher on the list than the GM who made the mistakes that I just described. That's what lost that game last night. When we come back, J1Q. 
Today's J1Q comes from Nick, who says, Can someone make a fire hex doll petition? Like, if it has thousands of signatures, I'm sure ownership will at least give it some thought. I'm being practical here. This can work. Nick, I'm taking it from your tone that you're serious. I hope you understand that I'm serious in responding that that's not the sort of thing that would work anywhere. But, but I think maybe inadvertently you've raised a pretty prominent point, and that is, who would affect this change? Who would make it happen? Tom Werner is the guy who came to Pittsburgh around the period of the sale from Mario Lemieux and Ron Burkle to FSG. And as such, and given the way that he conducted himself in the house and the one interview that I had with him, uh, he seemed like he was the point guy. And then, poof, all gone. FSG had not Werner, not John Henry, not anyone who matters in that house all season long. Werner came to my knowledge, to two games. Those were the thousand-game celebrations of Yevgeny Malkin and Chris Letang. That was it. That was it. Last night represented undoubtedly uh, the biggest game, as as close as you can come to a you know a, a real live one and done in a regular season, and no sign of him. So who would? Who would do this? Who would make this move? Who would step in and say, hey, you know, we've really carefully evaluated the general manager's performance or the president of hockey operations performance or for that matter, even Sullivan. Just, you know, I know those guys love him. okay, and I don't I don't fault them for that. Just saying they could say, hey, we've really done the, the heavy lifting here. We've done the work. How? How? They're not around. They're not around. It's absentee ownership. It's exactly what it is. So who's going to do that? Who's going to do that? Who's going to make a difference in the remainder of the Corps' tenure in Pittsburgh? They're not going anywhere. That part you don't have to sweat. And they're very, very good, by the way. If you ever hear anyone, even a casual fan, saying, oh, those guys got too old and this is past their time. Tell them Sid was a point-of-game player. Tell them Gino was a point-of-game player. Tell them that Latang, once he got over a couple of very significant issues, was Latang still. Tell them that those guys, you know, they still have something. I don't know if they'll still have this next year, which is part of what makes this so unfortunate, but they've still got something. And they've still got that passion. You saw that with Gino. If you want to hear it, listen to this. It's a question that I had related to the Penguins' uh, very diligent performances of late and why we couldn't have seen those throughout the season. Feel like that you, you feel like that if you guys had played this way all season long, that would would have come to this. It's hard to say right now. You know, it's like tough season for everybody. You know, we like play up and down like all year. You know, and like I think last like 
four games, like we play so much better, you know, we play better defense and like play better, like play smarter, you know, like uh, but again, like you should play like better all year, you know, it's like hundred percent like always coach always say like two points is October it's huge like you know like it's like two points is like November December it's like help to us like in April you know but again like it's not over but we hope but it's like hard to say anything right now basically had to cut himself off he he, he just ran out of words that's how shook he was by this I would like to think that all three of those gentlemen will come back as motivated as they've ever been to try to make things right. But they deserve, they deserve competent management, not some of the dumbest GM moves we've ever seen in the half century plus history of this franchise. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins, and we will, in fact, do one of these tomorrow, even if you don't want to hear it.